When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with some great topics for you this week. Big 12 media negotiations are starting early. You have players protesting schools, a stolen election, and a whole lot more. So stick around and listen to our probably absurd takes on all of this. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandals, so they hired someone who killed students. Yeah, the LSU way. Just going to put that out there just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well. Thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but but you know, go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's gonna go eight four this year, and half those kids are gonna transfer. Are you sure? All right, we're back with Karen and Karen. How you doing, bud? Delightful. Good to be back in college football. Oh, it's I got I got a tingling sensation in my plums just thinking about it. Uh, Which segues us brilliantly into today's first topic. Auburn is a fucking embarrassment. Oh my god, Cannon! I know you probably don't follow Auburn's misery as closely as I do. I do not. But Auburn is just having a string of bad luck lately and their fans are not reacting well let's go into the sad parts first auburn a sign around auburn's facility leaked an official sign it looks like it has the auburn logo the under armor logo are you really hard and then if you're a winner you are and then an acronym for hard, hard's an acronym for something and then if you're a loser another hard acronym why would they think this was a good idea because they're morons I mean, yeah, but I also feel like this is something Cleesey asked Brian Harson a lot before it was leaked that he was banging her. <laughs> and he was I like, oh, that's a great too. idea. Yeah. I'm going to put that on a poster. It. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just. it that, I, that has to be the worst. Surely, surely that they know by now that if the Internet gets a hold of something, it will make it two things either sexual or racist and just be grateful that it went the sexual route 
I feel like sexual was like the easiest route it could have gone. So. Oh yeah, I'm just talking about in general. Those are the two things. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, and then I think this is just still part of their. I I don't know if this is real. I feel like the boosters probably made it, slapped it on a wall there, and took a picture of it and leaked it. Because they did just fire or negotiated the immediate release of their athletic director, Alan Green. So they're getting roasted by college football. Other ADs, former ADs, are saying how great Green is and how Auburn's basically a bunch of idiots for letting him go. Which I agree I don't with, know, by the way. I don't know enough about ADs to really make a comment on that. I, I just know that they're dumb for doing this because... I mean, yeah, football's kind of struggling. Basketball's doing well. Baseball's doing well. Softball's doing well. Gymnastics is doing well. They're fucking three-time equestrian national champions, for God's sake. And you let this man walk. Really? I mean, to be fair. It's it's not an NCAA sport, by the way. Yeah, but still. I mean, that's, that's an accomplishment. But still, hold on. Like... The, all, the I don't know the biggest thing in Auburn I feel like is football. I mean I might be wrong. I don't I don't know how the same like uh, proximity that you did, but I feel like football down south is the be all and end all of everything. Don't let an Auburn fan hear you saying that. To them, they're an everything school. According to former coach Pat Dye, and Auburn fans love telling this. Alabama fans love Alabama football. Auburn fans love Auburn. This oh. shows this is a load of bullshit, and they only yeah, care about it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, and things are so bad right now, they have some interesting choices for who they want their next coach to be. Uh, go follow message board geniuses, by the way, on Twitter. I mean, I don't have time to go through every college's message board. He does, or he or she does. They're a hilarious follow. Uh, the Auburn Sports message board. Let's just get Gruden. <laughs> Gotta think, if Harz doesn't pan out, Gruden is going to be sitting there ready to roll. Maybe after a year of his email crap, it'll be long enough to bring him on. <laughs> what? <laughs> what a statement. Like, of all... It, there are some other wild coach replacement choices I've seen that we'll get on... We'll touch on later. But why, Gruden? And things have gone so bad for Auburn... Uh, someone posted this on Twitter, and it's from Chris Wyatt. I don't know who that is, but I'm not ashamed to admit this. Sometimes you just have to understand the time and place that you were placed in. 30 years from now, I can confidently look back on my life and say, Nick Saban ruined my life. <laughs> what, a, what a statement. Auburn is down bad. Yeah, they are. However... They're still getting ready for the season. Another gem from the Auburn message board. I know it's just Mercer, but I'm starting to get that tingling sensation in my plums. I was dreaming about Auburn making a run into the playoffs this year. Woke up and haven't been able to go back to bed. Man, I'm so ready for this weekend to get here. I guess I'll just drink coffee and wait for that yoga show with the hot chicks and the downward dog to come on. Let's fucking go, fellas. I mean, I get that he's excited, but I felt the yoga part was completely <laughs> unnecessary. That's, that's what all these message board things are. They're all unnecessary, but it's hilarious. I think 
I think whenever I'm getting, I'm excited for something, I'm going to start saying I'm starting to get that tingling sensation in my plums. Yeah, it's just spidey sense downstairs is what it is. Yeah, exactly. And this guy's ready. Uh, Shorts is his username. The guy can cook, apparently. Wonderful. Cook for all the, he can cook for all the yoga chicks in the downward dog. Yeah. Seems uh, wonderful, wonderful person. <laughs> I also, for those who don't know, we I'm actually doing better this year at giving Kiernan a list of topics rather than just telling him like the five minutes before we start recording. This segment was just called Auburn is an embarrassment. And I think we delivered on that. Speaking of embarrassments, uh, Florida A&M University this past weekend played UNC. It was respectable. Uh, 56 to 24 on the road. You know, you can't ask for more than that. This was also while they had 20 players ineligible. Including seven available offensive linemen. And now the players are talking about protesting the school. They said they're still going to play, but they took a knee while like the school's song was playing or whatever beforehand. And it's bad. Uh, there's They're complaining. There's the narrative that implies that we are not performing in the classroom. And... One guy was told he had to re- he had to fulfill a certain number of credit requirements over the summer to be eligible. That number was wrong. He needed more hours than he was told. Uh, they have one, um, uh, what is it? One eligibility officer, basically, whose job it is to kind of tell the players when they're eligible, what they need to do to be eligible. Blah blah blah. And then one, like, assistant to the program. Which is just bad. I know it's an FCS program, but it really speaks about the underfunding of HBCUs. Do, do you have any thoughts on this, Karen? Well, I first of all, I was waiting for a kind of segue into that, but <laughs> I think it's... I mean, it's kind of on the eligibility officer, isn't it? Because if if they were told something else and if they were told one thing and it happened to be something else, then it's that it's on the guy or person who did it. Like, I understand why the players are kind of protesting it. If if it's all if it all hinges on one guy just trying to make sure players can play. Yes, I, I do agree. That's something you have to know how many hours they have to complete. But also, you, there are you can have 63 players on scholarship for an FCS school. You have one person doing that for 63 guys. I mean, I'm, that's a lot of people, but it, I don't think that's that many people to make sure that they get their class schedules because all the universities, uh, all the universities, like, uh, schedules are all synced before the beginning of the year. So like, I'm sure, or I'm surprised that they don't have some sort of online record keep kind of making sure that the, they have what they need. That's fair. I don't know. And, oh, it was academic advisors. That's the other thing they only had one of. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that I think you probably need at least two or three more 
yeah, I, I get that. I, I get that, that that's kind of an issue. I think it was what's what's another academic advisor's salary? Fifty k? I don't know. I literally have no idea. I don't either. I'd never ever consider becoming an academic advisor. Yeah, neither did I. Uh. All right, so this is Massachusetts. That's not yeah. That's unfair. It's gonna be be absurdly high. Yeah, about uh, range typically falls between forty three thousand and fifty four or fifty five. Okay, so right, kind of in the middle. I was that was a pretty good guess. Um, I feel like that's totally doable for a a college program hiring one more advisor. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they also could just pull someone from. Like a college, be like, hey, do you mind also doing this a little bit, like, outside of your regular advisor duties? Yeah, it's, it's not going to cost that. It's not going to cost that much more to, to make sure 63 more people are registered. I don't get how you mess that up that badly. Yeah, and it's... They have an interim AD, but still, it's... It's absurd, though, how little prepared these players are on the school i'm not blaming the players it's right right it's it's i mean it is one of those things like you could make the argument for uh kind of personal reliability to make sure that you're up to credits but like if you're being told by someone whose job it is to do this then you're just like okay great i'm good i don't need any more like i i don't blame the players at all i'm just saying i'm just saying like it it's one of those things that I think there should have been more communication, maybe on both fronts for them to figure that shit out. That's fair. I don't know. This is just a, this has just been a shit show. They were talking about just not playing. They were going to lose out on $450,000 if they didn't, which yeah. I think that's the number I saw. So yeah, yes. it just sucks. Uh, Famu, get your shit together. Speaking of getting your shit together, we I'm demanding a recount right <laughs> now. I don't know if it was hacked ballot boxes, if it was Russian agents, but Hawk <laughs> Commander was stolen from us. Nobody is going to call the South Carolina live mascot the general. They will call it Cock Commander. Yeah. From this, even their starting quarterback, Spencer Rattler, said, I thought it was Cock Commander. Yeah, yeah, that's the dumb. So there's two things to learn from this. One is that universities are cowards. And two, uh, never trust the internet with, with the naming of things like I just spoke about spoke about earlier it'll either make it sexual or racist and in this case it's sexual again i'm just calling cox commander and get it done get over it it's pointless yes i'm i'm never gonna call it the general the general is a car insurance company cock commander is a rooster that is the mascot for south carolina that's it egg exactly uh also i'm gonna come out and say it right now i'm out on south carolina yep that did not take long Spencer Rattler, he kind of brought me back in by being an honest individual with credibility and saying, I thought it was Cockman. Nope, I'm out on South Carolina. 
Uh, I'm going to change my SEC pick now, my SEC East pick right now. If it's not Georgia, it's going to be Tennessee. Good choice. Out on the Gamecocks entirely. I hope they go 0 12. Agreed. I think everyone is with you there, Kevin. They should not win a game. But I hope Spencer Rattler does well. I hope he passes for 60 touchdowns. But I also hope their defense gives up 80. <laughs> a healthy medium. Yeah. I think I think that's a fair trade-off. I hope your quarterback does well, but I hope the rest of you suck. <laughs> He's just throwing 60 touchdowns to a single <laughs> receiver. Oh, that'd be incredible. I'd yeah, love it. It would be. What's the breakdown on that? How many touchdowns per game do we need to make this happen? Five. What's 60? To, yeah, what's 60? Okay. It's 12 games, yeah. All right. Yeah, so and if they're going 0-12, they're not making a bowl game, so we don't have to do any more matches. 60 divided by 12, 5. Phenomenal. It's, it's not that much. No, it isn't. It's doable. You know, like Clemson, Georgia, you might throw less than 5, just make up for it with your game against Vanderbilt or something. I don't know, throw 12 in that game. Problem solved. Then you just have to throw like 4 point, like, I don't want to do the math. A little over four a game if you throw 12 against Vanderbilt. <laughs> so, I think it's doable. I I believe in you, Spencer. I hope you win the first ever player to win the Heisman while also on an 0-12 team. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Speaking of being absolute garbage, this week's edition of Who's the Idiot brought to you by Yeats. Head over to yeatsofficial.com, promo code TAILGATE for 10% off your order. They're great sunglasses. I will be wearing them all weekend when I'm on the vineyard. Uh, Malik Zaire, a former Notre Dame and Florida quarterback, tweeted out today or the yesterday, the Big Ten right now is garbage. The only team that looks forward to competing for a national championship is Ohio State. Every other team plans their season in hopes of beating Ohio State for the Big Ten championship. Case in point, why Ohio State is uninteresting to watch week to week. And people are saying he's trolling, that he's wrong. Like there are other competitive teams in the Big Ten. You have Michigan, Penn State might be on a resurgence. You have Michigan State. Kiernan, who is the idiot? Is it Malik Zaire saying the Big Ten is garbage because no one else is there besides Ohio State? Or is it everyone else disagreeing with him? Um, so I think it's Malik Zaire, but in if you were to look at the past like five seasons, 
I would kind of agree with him. But here's the thing. Like, even if you he claims that the Big Ten is garbage and Ohio State's the only one to uh, be able to compete for a national championship, they also have to remind themselves that Nick Saban still coaches and is still the coach of Alabama. So, like, it's almost unfair to win a national championship. And you had Urban Meyer, who up until last year was a great college football. I mean, I know he wasn't coaching last year or, you know, whatever. But uh, Urban Meyer had in the Big Ten what Nick Saban did in the SEC. He recruited well, he dominated, and he, you know, and it was, sure, it was an upset uh, when Penn State or Michigan or Michigan State beat them, or even Purdue, uh, I think, last year beat them. Was it last year or two years ago? One of the two. Anyway, yes, the Big Ten definitely needs a resurgence of Michigan and Penn State, most definitely, uh, probably Wisconsin as well. Like, they need to be – they need to not lose games is how I'm going to put that because they can easily win the games that they're losing. They just end up, especially Penn State – God bless them, messing up every single fourth quarter and giving me a heart attack. And I think the same goes for Wisconsin, at the very least, not the last few years, but, you know, in the mid-2010s. They need, it's one of those things where the Big Ten is good, but they need to stop fucking up. Fair. I I think this might be the first time we actually, like, really disagree. I think Malik Zaire is 100% right. Fair enough. I think any game Ohio State plays in this year is going to be unwatchable because Ohio State's going to win. They're going to cover almost every game. And I don't care enough about them to watch. I'll watch the Notre Dame game this weekend, but I think the Ohio State is the only one who will be competing for a national championship in the next five years. And I also think that is an indictment on both the college football playoff and the BCS format. Before, when we didn't have this, more so the college football playoff in the BCS, it started this, but when you played in the Rose Bowl, it didn't matter if it was a college football playoff game or if it was a BCS national championship. You were playing in the fucking Rose Bowl, the most famous bowl game that is known across the world. And that was something to get excited about. The college football playoff took that away because now if you're not in one of the two bowl games that is for the national championship, it doesn't matter to most fans anymore. Yeah, I I, I I do agree. Yeah. So Malik Zaire is right. Everyone else is an idiot, but not necessarily because the Big Ten doesn't have good schools. Just that Ohio State is that extra step above. And now in college football, all we care about are national championships. I, I actually agree with you almost 100%. I, I, I even, I mean, we were at the dying end of the Rose Bowl being the greatest uh, bowl game, kind of, you know, nineteen late 1990s babies. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you make a great point about how, and even still, actually, um, uh, what's it? So the two bowl games are what the Cotton Bowl and the Rose Bowl, or the the playoff games. Excuse me, are the Cotton Bowl and the Rose Bowl, or the this year? Yeah. 
Um, I'm not sure. I I forget which two, but you know, the Rose Bowl has gotten to the point where it's. I sorry, I should say this. I wish the Rose Bowl was like it was back in the day, where it's like, this is the greatest game, and I'm gonna watch it because I'm a, you know, diehard college football fan, and I get to see two great teams duke it out in California, like. What could be better than that? Well, according to the cultural playoff committee, uh, like their third choice for both teams, because the first two are in the cultural playoffs. Also this year, it's the Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl. Oh, okay. So last year it was the uh, Cotton Bowl and the Orange Bowl. Okay, that's what I thought it was. I didn't want to say Orange Bowl. I was like... Was that this year or last year? And I, I'm still, I'm still COVID mind. I still can't even remember which which teams played. Fair. No, that's that's very fair. It's it feels so long ago. Yeah, it's so disorienting. I'm like, did I watch 2019 last year or 2021? <laughs> yeah, it the it's just weird. Uh but you want to go into our week zero breakdown or the big 12? Uh, let's do big 12 and then week zero. All right. Uh, the big 12, once again, is in shambles. They are starting to negotiate their next TV deal a little early. I think their current deal expires in a year and a half. They're starting negotiations now, which some believe opens the door for Texas and Oklahoma to leave sooner than anticipated. So rather than 2025, it might be 2023 with, I think, BYU and Cincinnati might be joining the Big 12 in 2023 now instead of 2025. It's a lot. Uh, I don't know why they're doing this unless they want the unless they know Texas and Oklahoma aren't going to be that good and they want to go, hey, SEC, here's what you're getting in three years. Have fun. I think it, it definitely has has something to do with it or like a pity move to get back at them or something like that. You know, they won't state it outright, but we all know what's going on. Yeah, it also just could be they don't want to do them any favors, but they also want to go negotiate the deal with Texas and Oklahoma still in conference, get the most money and then have them leave. They might be pulling to get more money than the SEC got in their most recent deal. Because SEC was 10 years, $3 billion. So they might go 10 years, $3.5 billion, try to pull that. Just so each team can get more money than Texas and Oklahoma will get from the SEC. Yeah, but surely the, the media companies know that, you know, they're that Texas A&M and Oklahoma are leaving. Like, why would you, why would they ever offer three and a half billion for two years worth of stuff? Uh, because I think part of it is Houston is good. UCF has been good. Cincinnati's been good. BYU's been good. They go, Hey, you're getting, we, if we can get these four schools to join uh, by 2023, you have two years of Texas and all those schools, you can dominate, your time slots just with all of our games. We have so many teams. And I think that might 
push media companies to give them on the back end, it will be a very favorable deal for them, but it would be worth it in the media company's eyes because they have those two years of just domination. Hmm. In terms of broadcasting games, not in terms of uh, on the field play because none of these teams are going to dominate. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Hmm. Or the Big 12 just doesn't know what they're doing. Either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just a naked power grab or naked money grab, rather. Although, if these other four schools join as, and then Texas and Oklahoma immediately leave, I will 100% be running with Texas and Oklahoma are scared of group of five schools. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I don't know. Lots of I don't... odd caveats there. Yeah, yeah, there are, but it's fine. Uh, Jerry, are you ready to talk about week zero now? Oh, yeah. Woo. So uh, excited. I, so sorry, listening. I need to okay. start. I need to start with okay. this, Kevin. Okay. Fuck week zero. Fuck week zero. And I'll tell you why. It's week one with everyone else getting a buy. That's what it is. Okay, so don't call it. Week zero. It's not week zero. There is no week zero. You can't start at, I mean, in math, you start at zero, but like in every other counting mechanism, you don't start with, with zero when there's a thing going on. Zero is nothingness. There wasn't nothingness. There was eight, nine, 12 games, whatever it was. There was games on this weekend. That is week one and everyone else gets a bye. That's what it is. And I'm sick of fucking people calling it week zero. I know we've had it for like, what, two years now, two, three years, but it's not week zero. It's week one. And it's the worst teams just to give us a little taste of what's to come. It's it's the NCAA and all the media companies scheduling it to just give us the fucking bare crumbs and just going, would you like this shit? I'm going to pull it away for another week. You can have it back out of your regularly scheduled program. That's what it is. It's a load of bullshit and I'm not having it. Wow. I did not expect you to get that animated about week zero. Fuck week zero. Jeez. All right. Uh, off your chest, anything else you want to get out of the way about your thoughts on week zero and the legitimacy of it? Nope. I, th- I think I covered it. If anybody wants to debate me, they can. All right. Uh, what's your Twitter where people can debate you at? Uh, I think it's just at Kiernan O uh, or Kiernan O'Farrell. Just, uh, I think it's, yeah, it's Kiernan underscore O, is it? Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, I, look, guys, I don't use my Twitter enough to know what my own Twitter handle is. You also had broken. another Twitter at one point. so I did, and then that one got uh, – I, I think I lost the password to it. So I had to remake one. Fair. All right, now on to our Week Zero breakdown. Uh for those who listened last year, we did kind of going through the games, uh, talking about who had the better, like who picked better. We're going to simplify it this week. Whoever's the closest to being right for each week, and that's spread over under winner. They'll get a green highlight. The loser will get a red highlight. And then at the end of the year, we'll tally up who has the most wins, most losses, whatever. And there might be a prize. One of us might buy the other a shirt or something from their school. doesn't matter. We'll figure that out later. We're going to cover the Rattlesnake Memorial pick first. Uh, FAU just dominated Charlotte. 
43 to 13. I was wrong. Willie Taggart knows how to coach. <laughs> uh, I watched a bit of this game. Not a lot. Uh, it wasn't super interesting. FAU was just kind of doing what they wanted. Uh, Kiernan predicted an FAU win 27 to 14. I predicted a Charlotte win 35 to 14. FAU won and covered. And the under hit. So Kiernan went three for three on that one. I went one for three, or one and two, rather. So Kiernan wins that game. Uh, Illinois versus Wyoming. Uh, Kiernan, 31-27 Illinois. Me, 10-3 Illinois. So on that one, Illinois won, but didn't cover. And the over hit the final score is 38 to 6. So it was actually a push. So the over did not hit and the under did not hit. However, I was so far off with my 10 to 3 score prediction. <laughs> I'm giving Kiernan the win on this one. Thanks, Kevin. No problem. Neither of us had them covering. We both had them winning. And Kiernan had the over. I had the under. We were both wrong on two out of the three, but. Kiernan at least kind of got a little closer. I debated this one because I had the, my score was larger. I had a seven point win for Illinois. You had a four point win. Illinois had a lot more than seven points in their win. Yeah. Seven <laughs> point spread in their win. But you're 31 for Illinois is a lot closer to 38 than 10. So <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to give, I'm, yeah. I'm giving this one to Kiernan. That, yeah, I think that's, that's reasonable. I I mean, it's going to swing the other way next week, so it really doesn't matter all that I'm not much. sure. I, I haven't done too well at this. Uh, next up, we have Vandy at Hawaii. Uh, final score of this one was 63-10, to 10, Vandy. The spread was Vandy minus 6.5 with an over-under of 55. Kieran had Vandy winning 26-21. to 21. I had Hawaii winning 24-21. to 21. So Kieran got the winner, so he just wins this one then. He predicted Hawaii to cover. They did not. He predicted the under, the over hit. But I also, I got Hawaii covering technically. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. But I'm still way off. <laughs> Next up, Northwestern at Nebraska in Dublin. The final score was 31 to 28 Northwestern. Nebraska was a minus 12 with a 50 and a half point over under. Kiernan had Northwestern 38 31. I in Nebraska 22 11. Kiernan wins. 
I, so I'm going to restate this uh, because I didn't do it live. I don't have cable, so I actually couldn't watch this game. And I was getting updates on my phone and watching highlights as it was uh, progressing. And I was looking at the score and like I was getting updates. And I was like, oh man, you know, Nebraska's still in the lead. It's the fourth quarter with like six minutes left or whatever. And then I, I updated it again and, you know, the clock read zero. It was a glorious day for Kiernan, uh, <laughs> 31-28. So I was just like, fuck yes. And I thought, I remember when I picked the score, I remembered I had an eight and I had a 31 and I was like, Oh shit, did I just predict the correct score? And I was like, Oh, this is amazing. And it turned out I had it backwards, but it's okay. I still won. So got the W. Yeah. Kiernan takes a commanding four, nothing lead into Hot start. week into week one. Kiernan, do you have any other thoughts on week, week one, a week one, a <laughs> week point five? <laughs> Any other thoughts uh, in the week or um Vandy is a uh is a top school after absolutely decimating Hawaii 6310. Uh I think uh I keep forgetting your man's name who coaches Vanderbilt or whatever Lee. it is. Yeah, clearly. Uh he's he's right. They're back uh and they're they're going to go uh they're at least going to go above 750. Well, they're at least going to go 1 and 11. So we have that going for them. Hey, it's only up from here. Actually, no, it's not. It could go down. If they lost, it's only up from here. Shut up, Kevin. Shut up, Kevin. I, I have two things I want to talk about week point five. One, Utah State gave up 20 to UConn. Alabama's about to win by 70. <laughs> True. It, it, they scored 31, so they won, but still. And Florida State fans need to calm down. Oh, we dominated. Oh, we had three running backs over 100 yards for the first time in school history. We won by 40. Y'all beat Duquesne. I didn't even know Duquesne was a D1 football program. Yeah, neither did I. Calm down. And those are my two thoughts on week zero. Florida State fans are delusional and Utah State's in trouble. Uh, but speaking of being in trouble, uh, Scott Frost is an interesting person with some interesting choices. Up 11 with the game running down. It was the second half. Kicks an onside kick. Northwestern recovers it. Comes storming back. When asked about it, he said that it's on him. He made that call. And he also said he's not at odds with offense coordinator Whipple. Uh, so, like, week four, is he getting fired, you think? Frost, yeah. Yeah, like week four. I mean, I don't know how this can be – what Nebraska's doing can be defended. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no defense for this. It's it's just shit coaching and shit execution combined into one steaming pile of shit. Yeah, and I'm looking for it. I saw someone a video from a member of the media kind of talking about Nebraska football and how he's building it 
like a power or a group of five program where he has a pretty good quarterback. Case Thompson looked good at points. He has good receivers. He has some good running backs, but he cannot build up the offensive and defensive lines, which is why he will not be successful in power five. Yeah. And nothing to counter there. It's been five years now, four or five years. Yeah. He should have a competent, at least some competent members of the offensive and defensive line. And he just doesn't. So I, yeah. I, do you think he lasts past week four? Uh, no, I don't think he does. I I think he, he I'll think, I think he loses his first four games and he just, he's just fired the next day. Fair. Uh, who do you think will do you think they'll just make Whipple the head coach? Yeah, I think they'll have to because they've gone too far into this where it won't matter if Frost gets fired, but you can't let Whipple and Frost go, so you just make Frost, uh, make Whipple the head coach and just be done with it for the season. Like, yeah, go out and look for a new coach, but I mean, just Except, except this L. Yeah, I think they should make... I'm trying to see who they have. Johnny Duff, the football administrative assistant, I think he should become the next head coach in Nebraska, the interim head coach, because that'd be funny. He'd probably do a Just, better job. Oh, 100%. They would at least win one game with him. Yeah. <laughs> and Nebraska fans have some opinions on who they want to be their next head coach. Throwing out names, Matt Rule, Bill O'Brien having the experience, but prime time has the recruiting swagger that you need and the ability to bring in great assistance. P.S. I'll settle for Urban Meyer as he is a true winner. <laughs> I like how we're at a point in society where you are settling for Urban Meyer. It, it is a it is a weird a weird kind of uh way to settle like i i wouldn't i wouldn't i don't know if you, would you call it settling does that make sense in this context you're settling for urban meyer who's like a guaranteed winning coach Maybe i'd like not. to marry a supermodel but i will settle for a regular model that's a that's a great point that's a great way to look at it I also feel like it, it should be reversed. Like, no offense to Deion Sanders, but I'd like to date a regular model, but I will settle for a supermodel. Yeah. And look, say what you want about Urban Meyer. I know I've said a lot about him, but he can coach college. So th this did raise a question that I had. Besides Scott Frost, do you think anyone else is fired by the midway point of the season? Um... Hmm. No, not no, not the way Scott Frost will be. I think Scott Frost. I think the other coaches, they if they show some merit, they'll be okay at least by the halfway point. But I think if I think if if Scott Frost shows, Scott Frost has to win every single game from now on, as far as I'm concerned. Um. And and then he'll his job will be safe, but in all reality, I think he's he's pretty much gone. But other coaches, I think if they 
even show an ounce of consistency and merit, they'll be fine. At least halfway through. I, I feel like every other coach that kind might have been on the hot seat was either fired in the offseason or just signed right. a new contract. Like James Franklin. Yeah. He just signed a five-year deal. He's not going anywhere. No, he's not. Um, I could see Chip Kelly at the end of the year if UCLA really regresses. Right. Which I think is a possibility, but I I think that's unlikely. Yeah. And, and there will probably be some team that just completely implodes that gets fired, but... Or like we a Kansas... Yeah, we have yet to see like, that. If Kansas sucks, then they'll just continue their revolving door. Uh, but... Enough talking about people losing their jobs in Nebraska. My DMs are open if you fire Scott Frost and want to get someone on the cheat. Uh, week one, Kiernan, or week one and a half. Is this week one and a half, or is this just week one? This is week one. Okay. So this is actual week one, week one and a half, week two, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Is here. We're picking, we miss college football so much, we're picking five games today. <gasps> Usually we do four. This is my chance to come back. Uh, I can take a one-game lead if I get everything right and you get everything wrong. I'm not expecting it. First up, the return of the backyard brawl for the first time since 2011. West Virginia at number 17, Pitt. The game is tomorrow, Thursday, September 1st at 7.30 Eastern Times. Eastern Time. It's at Heinz Field. Pitt is a minus seven and a half with an over under 51. Kiernan, who do you have? I absolutely have Pitt, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Pitt quarterback, is it Keaton or Keaton? Keaton. Anyway, I usually Slovis. go Keaton, but I, I have Keaton. no idea. Keaton. I, I wasn't sure. Keaton Slovis go, said, said uh, live at a kind of rally thing or whatever, he said, Fuck West Virginia. So I lo- admire the confidence in the in the man. Let's go, Pitt. 36-14. Uh, I'm conflicted on this. I don't know if that little stunt he pulled is going to give West Virginia the bulletin board material. It needs to win. That's a good point. That's a good point. Or, and if uh, Pitt with a new quarterback, new OC, if they're going to regress a little bit, I'm going to go, I still think Pitt's going to win. I'm going to go 30-17 to 17 Pitt. I think they'll still win, but I, I think it'll be a little bit closer than yours. I still, actually, you know what? No. 30-24 to 24 Pitt. Pretty weird. Pitt's not going to cover. Uh, Next up, number 23, Cincinnati, at number 19, Arkansas. Saturday at 3.30 at Razorback Stadium in Fayetteville. Arkansas is a minus six with an over-under of 52. I'm going to go 35-27, Arkansas. I totally understand why Arkansas is the favorite uh, in this game. Um, Since he had, you know, a wonderful Cinderella run last year, they got a a couple of their guys went, uh, actually a bunch of guys went to the draft. Um, 
slash are not returning. Um, but I think they continue. I think they continue this uh, this run of dominance. Give me uh, Cincy uh, 32-21. I think, I think they got it. I think they'll go into Arkansas and absolutely have a field day. Okay, next up, number 11, Oregon at number 3, Georgia. Saturday at 3.30 at Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta. So it's a, a neutral site game. It's in Georgia's backyard. Uh, Georgia's minus 17 with an over-under of 53. Karen, who do you have? Yeah, give me Georgia uh, at um, 38-24. Actually, that seems too close. Give me 38-18. Uh, Okay, I, I see it. I can see it. I'm going to go. I think George is bringing back Stetson Bennett, and I don't think he's that good, but the mailman is a returning starter. But also, you lost a lot of pieces on defense. You lost your number one receiver from last year. You saw Brock Bowers. He's a phenomenal tight end. I still think George is going to win. Also, you know, you're coaching. It's your former defensive coordinator. I'm going to go 35, uh, let's go 40 to 28, Georgia. I don't know why I'm going with 40. I just don't trust Pac-12 defenses. Understandable. Uh, Next up, the always overrated number five Notre Dame at number two Ohio State. Saturday at 7.30 at the Shoe in Columbus, Ohio State, minus 17.5 with an over-under of 59. I'm not going to talk. Well, I'll, we'll talk about it later, about the Notre Dame game plan. 45-14, to 14, Ohio State. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, I find it hilarious that um, uh, Notre Dame's ranked number five and Ohio State's ranked number two. Uh, so three spots uh, away from each other in the rankings. Uh, and OSU has a larger spread than Georgia does against a team, uh, Georgia number three and Oregon number 11, that is uh, eight places away from from them. So I find that absolutely hilarious. Um, give me OSU uh 40 40 14 it's just gonna be bullshit it's so dumb fair yeah this is absolutely ridiculous yeah, it's it's not even gonna be a fun game to watch i i mean actually now that i'm now that i just said that i i have to agree with malisa here <laughs> i can't believe i just said that but yeah, it's not gonna be fun <laughs> i mean unless notre dame like just pulls it out of the bag and beats them i would be so happy, but yeah, it's ridiculous. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Yep. That's going to be fun. Uh, next up, we have number 25, the BYU Fighting Cougars at USF at four on Saturday. It is at Raymond James in Tampa. BYU is a minus 12 in the over-unders 58. Kiernan, who do you have? Uh, I think BYU is going to want to impress uh, that they deserve to be in the Big 12. So I think they're going to show up and it's going to be uh, 32-24. I think that's a fair score. It is. It is a fair score. Uh, But I think we're overlooking one very important aspect of this game. Which is? BYU got that dog in them. (laughs) 45 to 10 BYU. And I think I think BYU will have have extra motivation knowing that after they graduate and make it to an NFL team, they get to bang moms. So I mean, what more motivation do you need than that? That's it. I think BYU should get young gravy to perform in a game this year. They never will, but it'd be hilarious. No, it would be. I well, really I, hope people get that reference that I just made, by the way. I, I hope everyone knows about Zach Wilson. I think anybody who listens to the podcast will know about the Zach Wilson drama, but I would hope uh, just so. in case. I, we also have talked about it on the show before, I think. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, I think uh, we mentioned it once. Okay. All right. Now I don't feel as bad. Yeah, they should. If not, just Google MILFs in your local area and you'll find out what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the Notre Dame-Ohio State game, I have another reason why I think Ohio State's going to win big. Why is when that? You th- when you think of Ohio State this year, Canyon, what do you think of? Do you think of their passing offense with their Heisman frontrunner, C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and Marvin Harrison? Probably. Uh or Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, that's not what Marcus Freeman thinks of because he says they're prepping for the Ohio State run game. Mm, yes, that instills a whole lot of confidence, knowing that the arguably one of the most dangerous receiving cores in all of college football, and you're worried about them running the ball. Mm, this is going to be a field day for Ohio State. And and some people are like, oh, he was making a joke. It was like tongue in cheek. They also have a Travion Henderson's a good running back. It's not like he's just some scrub they pulled. It is dangerous, yes, but it's not in a way that you can't make fun of it. Not necessarily in a way that you need to game plan for that. Like that's the one thing you have to look at. Yeah. If 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 Ohio State had a terrible run game and like they knew it was terrible and you said that, it would kind of it would kind of be a different like oh, I see what he's saying. Like, it's a joke. He's obviously not focusing on the, against that. But this is Ohio State. They always have, or I shouldn't say they always have, but this year they have a good receiving core and a good uh, running game. And I'm like, okay, now you can't make fun of either of those things. You have to take them both out simultaneously, and you're not going to be able to. I don't care how good Notre Dame is this year. I really hope I eat my words, by the way. I want to state that for the record. I, I don't. I hate Notre Dame more than you do. Fair enough. I, I You don't have the issue with Big Ten, so. 
Yeah, no, I I don't. I'm sure you hate Notre Dame more than you hate Auburn or Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of Auburn and Tennessee, there are the SEC officiating put out some rule changes today that will be, it seems to be taking place across all of college football, but they kind of emphasize it on their Twitter. Uh, feet first sliding runner. These are the two big ones. Uh, when a ball carrier obviously begins a feet first slide, anytime a ball carrier simulates or fakes a feet first slide, the ball should be declared dead by the on-field officials at that point, which I get why they're doing it, but I'm sad we'll never see a Kenny Pickett fake slide again. Call it what it is. Call it what it is. It is the Kenny Pickett cheat rule. That's what it is. We're calling it that forever. I don't care. It's the Kenny Pickett cheat rule. I love it. I love it. That's fair. I, I understand it's for player safety. Yeah. Like, you don't want a quarterback legitimately sliding after earlier in the game he did a fake slide and have Will Anderson just take his head off. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that. But. Boom. Boom. There goes his head. Yeah. But it, it kind of sucks. It was a fun play. I still think in, like, 20 years when Kenny Pickett's been retired, he's going to admit he just tripped yeah, and managed to catch his footing again. What a great way to do that. But, but yeah, I mean, at the time, you can't say that you tripped. You have to say it was a fake slide. Yeah. And then also, this is for targeting, but some people are mad about this. Uh, they've also decided to more specifically define a defenseless player as a passer. A player in the act of or just after throwing a pass, uh, this includes a player in a passing posture with focus downfield, is being ruled a defenseless player. Okay, so with that definition, that says a quarterback is free to throw it at any point without being hit. Yes, and yeah, that's why people are mad. I, I think, and I'm pretty sure that this is in the like in within targeting the targeting definition. So if a quarterback gets hit in the head at any point, it's going to be called targeting, which is also stupid, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's stupid. But I don't even have a but. This is just stupid. It's going to I I have something for this, right? Because when you these guys these offensive or defensive tackles and linebackers and anybody really i need the people who are making these laws to realize that you it's conservation of momentum you cannot stop 300 pounds on a dime moving at 15 miles an hour you can't it's impossible if you did you'd break your knee every single time you tried so if, if a guy is coming in and, and he's thrown the ball and it's literally just out of his fingers and some guy fuck comes in and crushes him, then he crushes him. I get the head thing. Keep away from the head. I don't mind that rule at all. Like, you know, if, it, if, it's, if it's anywhere near the head, fine. You can call it targeting. You can kick him out of the game as, as a general rule. But if some guy just hits him square in the midsection, like, just as he releases the ball, it's not pat. It's not roughing the passer. It's not you know target or it's not um, not targeting per se, but it's not a defenseless player, right? He's in there. He's standing there with the ball. The objective of the defense is to tackle him, 
And if you can't stop 300, 250 pounds on a dime, you just can't. So it's ridiculous that they, that they need to clarify if it's like momentum driven or not. I think they also need to, and this will be hard to implement. I think they need to readdress targeting. They need two different kinds of targeting. Incidental and like actual just targeting. If it's right. incidental, i.e. you're going low for a tackle, the ball carrier also goes low at the same time, you happen to go helmet to helmet, 15-yard penalty, but you can stay in the game. Yeah, Agreed. If it's actual targeting, then yeah, kick eject them. Yeah. But it, there's so many times where this happens now in college where the tackler is going low and then the ball carrier contorts their body so it happens to be a hit to their head. Right. And it's called and it's, Yeah, it's ridiculous. And and actually, this is this is going to bring in a great point um, from rugby where they have a rule that if you have head-to-head contact, it's immediate that the, the guy who's been hit immediately gets sent off for an HIA or a head injury assessment. The other guy, the play is then reviewed to make sure that what they call mitigating factors. So somebody's slipping, somebody's, uh, you know, in a tackle, somebody gets wrapped up and they're, you know, somebody else comes in and the the shoulder then moves up to the head or something like that. Um, and it's called, miti- it's just mitigating factors, you know, things that wouldn't have happened if other actions didn't occur. And I think that's what they should really, like you said, introduce and, you know, fine, 15 yard penalty in uh, rugby. It's a, it's a yellow card. You get sent off for 10 minutes and then you come back on because it wasn't intentional. And it, it, I think that's a better way to deal with targeting. Also, I think your, I think the rugby rule is better. I didn't know about it going into this. I think the rugby rule is better than mine because if you can go, here's some mitigating factors to look for. It takes away the subjectiveness out of it by going, well, let's see if it was intentional. Right. So I, I think adding like a mitigating factors thing, keeping two separate levels of it makes sense. I think that would make the game so much better. It would make, it would make playing defense easier, which I know conferences and leagues don't want anymore, but it's part of the game. If you're going to have 11 people on there out there trying to stop the offense, at least give them a break once in a while. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's it for that would be it for this episode. But Karen, I have one surprise question for you that I did not put on the spreadsheet. That Just I don't keep think me on my toes. Yes. What for Penn State this year, what would you consider a successful season? Uh an appearance in the Big Ten Championship. Okay, what would you think would be a like a good like if if it happens you're like okay, could have been worse, could have been better, could have been worse, it's fine. Uh two loss maximum. Two loss maximum. Okay, Not and what Yeah, go on. What would make you take to the streets calling for James Franklin's head on a pike? Four losses. Okay. So, uh James Franklin Get get a security uh, three three losses. James Franklin, get armed security <laughs> because you Coming will be, you. you will be dealing with Kiernan. Uh 
I feel like we didn't like we didn't we talked about our teams during our conference previews, but we didn't like just say, here's what I think this season, like here's what I want to happen this season, like here's what I think will be successful, blah blah right. blah. And for I, me I think, Oh, sorry, go on. No, go. I, I was gonna say I I don't think necessarily that Penn State is even in a position to make a Big Ten championship game or you know any sort of uh, uh, run for it but still i look at i look at penn state and i look i'm like god damn you guys can do it you're just you're right on the fucking edge just you need one push that's all you need and then they let me down in the fourth quarter and go denied overtimes oh here we go again fair go on Kevin. for for me for alabama uh, what a successful season is is twelve and zero in a national championship. I mean, what yeah. a season that I think is fine, like good enough. This is kind of what I expected: is twelve and zero in a national championship. Not and, even the appearance, just the actual championship. Yeah, yeah, because I will finish tying the noose I did during the Georgia game last year if we lose again, and then <laughs> uh, the. What would have to happen for me to call for Nick Saban's head on a pike is I would say nothing because I don't think he can do anything wrong. I don't think anything. I don't think he is capable of coaching badly enough that would make me call for him being fired. He's infallible like the Pope. Yes. Honestly, also, if he could go, if he went 0-12, I'd be like, ah, oh, bad year. Let's see what he does next year. Uh, now, I can also say that knowing that will not happen. No, no. If, if that happened, a massive crater in the middle of the Earth's surface would simply open up and consume the state of Alabama. Yeah, uh, if that happened, that would be the push that forces me into therapy yeah that would be the last straw that would be like you know what i should probably go to therapy because i would just be miserable yeah Yeah. Yeah. but it doesn't matter 12 and 0 natty bound we also i have to find what the store said i told my friend go to etsy it's by mags is the store use promo code tailgate for 15 percent off an order of 25 dollars or more there's some cool stuff on there go buy some clothes for my friend we're, she sponsored this episode. That's what we're going to say. Sponsored by It's by Mags on Etsy. So I'm Kevin. That's Kiernan. Everyone have a safe, responsible weekend. And by responsible, I don't mean overdrink. I mean, don't drive after. It's all about me. Uh, oh, fuck. What's the word? Moderation. Moderation. Thank you. See don't drink time. in moderation. Just drink. <laughs> So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandals, so they hired someone who killed Steve. Yeah, the LSU way. Just going to put that out there just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but, but you know, go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's going to go 8-4 this year, and half those kids are going to transfer. Are you sure?
Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.